Welcome to Front Porch Confessional, your weekly legal podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode 193, and welcome to my front porch here in Phoenix, Arizona. So check this out. Already, already to record last night. Good to go. Have worked through this. Just written down some thoughts ready to sit down and record on the front porch and I go outside and it was a hundred and five degrees at nine o'clock at night a hundred and five degrees I was like I can't do it I can't sweat anymore today <laughs> I've sweat so much today I was like or yesterday I was like I can't do it so I I decided you know what I'm gonna wait wait till the morning and I'll record it in the morning it's 93 degrees right now right it dropped 20 degrees overnight but it's still, I mean, it's still pretty balmy out here. And I'm like, oh, man, you're not in California anymore. <laughs> you know, you're not in that beautiful. I know now why people live in California, right? The weather is perfection. It's just perfection. And so I know why people live in California right now because, man, oh, man, it's hot. It is hot here. I suppose, and it's funny because I'm noticing and I'm remembering, like, it's what everyone talks about around here when it gets hot. Everyone just goes, man, hot day. And I'm like, yeah, super hot. Oh, it's a little bit too much. Oh, I know. It's way too much. Like, and it's, it doesn't matter if you're at a gas station, your waitress at the, or waiter at the, at the restaurant, everyone's talking about how miserable it is. And then we all delight in the fact in November, how amazing it is, what a great place this is and all those kinds of things. But I'm just being reminded now moving back here, like, oh, that's right. When it's hot and miserable, everybody talks about it. Everyone talks about how, how hard it is. So anyway, uh, so glad to be here. I hope you are having a great day, great morning, wherever you are and, or afternoon. Uh, excited to jump into this passage. Uh, complicated, but I, I really love the fact that, that we're going to talk through it. Uh, before I do that, I just want to say thanks to those of you who continue to listen. And for those of you who give on Patreon, I greatly, greatly appreciate all the love and support. It means the world to me. Just a reminder, we do have devotionals, a front porch devotional available on Lulu, L-U-L-U dot com. Just go in the search engine and you can type in front porch devotional, 10 bucks and it's yours. All right, here we go. Exodus 34, 14. Exodus 34, 14. For you must not worship any other God. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Um, over the years, I... I uh, I, when my mom and I get together, she always gives me a little bit more context of why uh, she left my father and left our family. And uh, my mom left and had an affair when I was, I think I was 12 years old. And a very painful time for me, very confusing time for her. She loved Jesus very much, and, and yet she was uh, able to fall in some really deep sin and depression. And and uh, and just made some horrible decisions. And so I, I follow up with her and say, hey, what was going on there? What happened? And as she recounts it, she 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 talks about just um, she was talking about this idea um, uh, a little while back about how she wanted so desperately when she was with this other man 
for my dad to like bust down the door and like grab her and be like, you know, I'll I'll kill you, you know, this other guy. Like she would think about that and and desired that and and my dad, you know, never did that. And not that not not that my, you know, dad should have done that but that's what she wanted she desired for him to like bust down the door and like come and quote-unquote rescue and he never he never did that and uh, I as I went through this passage this passage again is in the context of all that's happening in Israel and God is trying to establish them as the people of God they've been rescued from Egypt right uh, they're traveling through the wilderness and God is establishing them as the rescued people of God. I will be your God and you will be my people, a light unto the nations. And I don't want any other competitors. I don't want that. I don't want, there is no other competitor and no other God that competes with me. And so he says that my name is Jealous and I'm a jealous God. And if I'm honest, like this passage uh, used to make me really, really uncomfortable, right? Because I, in my mind, I was like, I, I don't like the idea of having like a needy God sitting in heaven, being all jealous and stuff. And maybe, maybe you're like me. Maybe uh, when you heard this passage about a jealous God, there was something, and maybe it gave you this kind of visceral feeling, like you want to reject that. Right, you you were like oh, that. That feels weird. That feels that feels off. And you know, I think there's a, a lot of th- a lot of things in the Bible. Like, in, and we've talked about a lot of these things on this podcast. But I think there's a lot of things in this in, in the Bible that we like, uh, and I think there's a lot of things that we we don't like. And uh, I've kind of been on this journey, and I would love for you to be on this journey with me too is uh, I want to deal with those things, right? I, I want to address those passages. I want to address those concepts that really bother me. Because here's what I've resolved myself to. They don't bother God. The things about the Bible that bother us or the things about God's character that bother us, they don't bother God because He is perfect, which means... I have to deal with it, right? Every decision of is perfect. It's a perfect decision. It encapsulates for God every part of His capture, or uh, everybody, every part of His character. It encapsulates the past, the present, and the future, and it isn't at odds with itself. Like every decision, same thing. Like every attribute exists in perfection in him, which means it's me. I have to refrain, refrain the way I see the world, and I need to align myself with his way of seeing things. It's not his fault. I can struggle through it, and he completely allows for the struggle. But the reality is this is a me problem, not a God problem. Okay, so with all that said, this is where, as I've worked through this passage and I've worked through this idea of God being jealous, here's where I land. Here's where I've kind of landed. Um, I want a jealous God. I'll say that again. I want a jealous God because His jealousy is righteous, 
And it's not trying to get anything in return. It's holy. I want a jealous God because without that, he never sends Jesus to rescue and ransom us from sin, which had stolen us away from his divine presence. And so when I read a passage like John 15, right, which calls us to abide in Christ, consummate with Christ, don't just follow him. I want, I want him to be jealous when I choose some other love, some other minor God. I love that here in this passage it says that, that jealousy is not just an attribute of God, it's his name, right? What? It's his name. It's what defines him. And see, I think the reason why we struggle with that in a passage like this, there's not not a ton being written about this because people struggle with it. And I, I really do think we, I think the reason why is we don't understand covenants. And because we struggle to comprehend a God covenant with us, we're going to struggle with a passage like this, a passage about him being jealous, right? Here's the thing. I made a covenant with my wife and she made a covenant with me to remain faithful till death does us part, right? We, we made that covenant at our wedding. It would make no sense at all if she was like, oh, and you can have all these other women in your life. It would make no, now, our culture has corrupted that, for sure our culture has corrupted that. But that's not the true form of a covenant. A, co- a covenant says this is between you and, for, and me, and, there is, and, and, and for my wife to say there is no other woman that is to invade that covenant. And I'm saying to Patty, there is no other man that would invade that covenant. I'm jealous for you. A, I, I can have a righteous jealousy for my wife and she can have the same for me, right? In the context of this passage we talked about a little bit is God has made a covenant with Israel and he will uphold his end because he's holy, he's righteous, he's set apart. Their part is to not allow any God, little G God, to invade that covenant because he has made a covenant not just with Israel, but with us, he is going to uphold his end. But here's the struggle. We continue to run away from his abiding covenant-keeping love. The covenant-keeping love of the Father. His jealousy is pure and holy. And it's why when we run away, it grieves his heart. But it's also why he will take us back. It's not like a desperate enabling partner, right? That's not how God is. It's not this desperate, like, you just got to come back. Well, I'm not, I don't know what I'm going to do if you don't come back. It's not that at all. Or he just continues to enable us like, oh, no, no, you're not that bad. You're not that sinful. No, it's not that at all. Because he doesn't need us. That's the crazy thing. God does not need us. He is self-sufficient. But he chose to make a covenant with humanity. 
and his covenant and his covenant keeping nature right will remain makes him remain faithful to the covenant he made you know think about it perfect jealousy runs after the one who doesn't deserve it and the scary thing about our jealous god is the free will that he gifted us we can run but he will always be ready to receive us that's how beautiful right that's how beautiful his jealousy is and so what i would say is this just like stop stop running and receive his jealous love for you look to jesus jesus dying on the cross for the sins of the world is this love this jealous love this holy jealous love it's who he is that says nothing 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 is going to separate you from the love of god not height nor depth nor principality nothing can separate you from the love of god and i want you to receive that today and i want you what i would desire and the thing i'm working through is I want to remain faithful to the covenant I made with God. When I made a covenant to follow Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I what, what I wasn't saying is, I want to follow you, Jesus, and then I want to have all these other gods in my life. No. So what happens when I fail and I do fail? Repent. Repent, and it says, and you will be saved. I need to repent. Repent that, I'm breaking, that I've broken a covenant with Almighty God. And he's kept his end. It's who he is. And I failed. And I need to repent and be right before him. Because God's jealousy receives us back home. And so the question is this. Are you running from his jealous love? Are you running to his jealous love? Or are you rejecting it? Are you running to his jealous love? Or are you rejecting? Heavenly Father, we, we thank you that you're a jealous God. That you're not just this lackluster, we'll see how it goes kind of God. You're all in. And God, we've, we ask for you to forgive us because we've broken the covenant with you, but you have not done that with us. So we thank you. We ask you to forgive us. And we are learning to love you more and more every day. So, take a breath, reflect, and believe.